TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It is the Score North Twin Show on 1500 Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app on your phone or tablet. I'm Derek Wetmore. Alongside me is Phil Mackey, and we're going to be talking some reckless hot stove speculation, Phil. Yes. Favorite kind of baseball talk. Yes, we have created this midweek show. And by the way, our we, we, we even gave you a little tease a couple weeks ago by talking about Chris Archer and Madison Bumgarner, but our goal is to just ride the hot stove wave as long as it and usually it goes to June now because that's when the good that's players right. sign. <laughs> it's a very dangerous proposition though because last year's hot stove was not so hot. No. But we'll make it hot. Yes. I think um I think it's pretty obvious what the Twins needs are this winter and so there's going to be a lot of reckless speculation about pitching yes. on this show <laughs> yes. the entire winter. That's fair to say. Uh, before we get started, because I want to talk about the rosters from the Astros, the Nationals, the pending free agents, and my top target from that group of players. But I do want to make a quick announcement. Twins fans have been asking me if you are a regular listener of the Score North AL Central Champs Twins show. You're wondering, hey, where's Rami? Where's Manny? Where's Glenn Perkins? I want to make a sort of semi-official announcement, if that's okay with you, Content Director Phil Mackey. Uh, Fire away, yes. This winter, we are planning to do three weekly Twins shows. One of them was this one that you're listening to right now. Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, hot stove, reckless speculation, all that good stuff. Winter meetings, juicy tweets from John Heyman, anything Scott Boris says all winter long, that's this. Rami and I are going to do a show together where we are talking baseball at large and twins heavy focus so that's sort of the that's sort of what you're going to recognize the most I'm also going to join Rami on Score North Live that's noon to 2 on Score North on your radio dial or you can download it anytime anywhere just like you can any of our shows here and then we'll try to work in some other episodes with big name guests throughout the course of the winter so there'll be plenty to talk about but i just wanted to get that out there three episodes a week that you can expect on your score north al central champs twins show feed that is what i am most excited about today and it's game seven of the world series sweet yes and i'm sure a lot of people are going to be listening after this game is over um, once this game is over, correct me if I'm wrong, we're like a week away from free agency opening up, and that's not when guys are going to actually sign, because that's never what happens. The winter meetings are in, I don't know, about a month and uh, like five weeks from mm-hmm. us recording right now. So I'm, I'm curious. I'll just set you up for this. Okay. I'm curious about, you have thoughts on free agents coming off of these two World Series rosters, and uh, I know that you have one in particular that you are looking at saying the Twins should be sizing this guy up. I am hot to trot on one Anthony Rendon. I wrote a column for scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth app. I sound like a broken record, but hey, it's a great app and you don't have to pay anything for it. I wrote that Anthony Rendon should be the top target out of this group. And I think that's going to be met with some backlash, but it's not just sports talk radio guy has a hot take. Um, this the summation, if I can call it that, Phil, of the column is Anthony Rendon's a superstar. Nobody talks about him like a superstar. He's 29, just like Garrett Cole. He's younger than Steven Strasburg. If Strasburg opts out, the Twins should call. 
Garrett Cole is a free agent. The Twins should be one of the finalists. There's no reason to not be one of the teams pursuing Garrett Cole. And if it winds up they sign Garrett Cole and not Anthony Rendon, guess what? I'm not going to throw a fit. You got a good pitcher. You address the biggest area of need. But if I'm placing my poker chips, if I've got a thousand chips, Phil, I'll dumb it down to your poker language here. I'm all in, by the way. <laughs> See? See what I did there? Yes. Yeah. I, I, che- like I check raise. You're funny. You're either like all in on something or you're sort of all in on something. <laughs> it's like all within I'm sort of reference all in on of this Anthony Rendon in. thing. Anthony Rendon, if you have a thousand chips and you're betting over the next five years, who's going to have the most valuable career? Right now, all the talk is about Garrett Cole. Game six, and maybe game seven, depending how it plays out, some of that talk might shift and people might say, Steven Strasburg absolutely is opting out. He's done what he can do in Washington. He's going to be the best or second best ace free agent on the market. And and he'll get paid a lot of money. Both of those guys are getting talked about a lot. And outside of Washington, D.C., I don't see a lot of talk about Anthony Rendon, and that's not right. He's a superstar. And if the Twins could get a guy like that, plug him in at third base, long-winded way of saying if I have a 1,000 chips and I get to make like a big bet, I want it to be on a position player that I know is going to be healthy, and then I want to figure out the rest of the way to address my pitching staff. If that's Garrett Cole, then awesome. Then you're probably not getting Rendon. Like I said, that's fine. But I would just feel much safer making a bet on a superstar who's a position player rather than signing a guy to a huge contract and he grabs his elbow in June. So, okay, there's so many things that we don't know here, too. We We don't know if... We don't know if the Twins are going to spend nine figures on a free agent sometime this offseason. We don't know if pitching is their only target. We also don't know who they might be able to acquire via trade. So all we can do is sit here and speculate, which is going to be super fun all winter. Um, I would say if... So I think they're going to fire a major bullet in free agency. And by major bullet, I mean I think they're going to pay someone $20-plus million a year on a multi-year contract to play for the next, let's say, five years in a Twins uniform. I think, and I think that might be a 100-plus million dollar contract. Anthony Rendon's going to get 100-plus million dollars over some period of time. He's going to be 30 years old, so team, teams do tend to hesitate at his age, but he's been, you could argue, one of the top five players in baseball for two years now. But I would say if you get one bullet to fire on a big-time free agent, I would make it a pitcher. Um, now, if they wound up with Anthony Rendon and they had to sort of figure out pitching and make a trade, like I, I'm not going to die on that hill because sure. they would be acquiring one of the best players in baseball. And by the way, filling a position need that they don't really have a, a, a future guy at right now. I mean, unless you think Miguel Sano is going to be the starting third baseman in two or three years from now, Miguel Sano is one of the worst defensive third basemen in baseball. You look at almost any measurement, he should not be playing third base unless you're okay with having a bad uh or at least sub-par infield defense. So I guess my long rambling point longer, I don't disagree with salivating over Anthony Rendon, but I would explore four or five pitching options that would probably cost me $20-plus million a year before I would go to Anthony Rendon. I would explore Garrett Cole. I would explore Zach Wheeler. Um, I know that there, I, I've gotten a lot of backlash on this uh, in just tweeting about it, but I oh. would also I would explore Madison Bumgarner for okay. twenty plus million dollars too. I don't care. Like, the comeback is well, he's there's a lot of wear and tear there, and the velocity's down. The velocity's not down. Like people think, 
Felix Hernandez's velocity is down. Yeah. Okay, that guy used <laughs> yeah, to throw like hundred miles an hour, and he's Jamie Moyer now. Okay, well, actually, I'd love it, but I don't know that you're going to get a lot out of him in 2020. And here's the thing: like velocity, Justin Verlander's velocity was down, and then he went to the Astros. He went to a smart organization, and they were like, "Oh, we've got a way to just add three miles per hour to your fastball." Garrett Cole's velocities. I think, I think when it comes to pitching, there's probably two or three different avenues you can take to make your pitching staff better. But if I know that I can spend twenty or twenty-five million dollars a year in free agency money, I would start with pitching. Yep, I think they absolutely need to start with pitching, and I mean it's semantical. They need to do both. I think that their offense was good enough to win a World Series last year, but their fielding—you sure? They can improve their fielding, and I think even the Twins would con- confess to that. They, hey, we can be better in the field. We need to clean it up at several spots and as well just raise the general level of play. Now, Byron Buxton can probably help with that to an extent, but pitching is so obviously the number one target that even the Twins in their postseason rap press conference were like, yeah, I mean, in aggregate, we had some good performance in the starting pitching and definitely feel good about the bullpen core we're bringing back, but... Yeah, we're going to target impact pitching this winter because why wouldn't you? It's the one glaring weakness that you look across at the two World Series teams right now and say, what do those guys have that the Twins don't? I mean, Minnesota has a better offense than Washington. They have an offense that's just right up there with the Houston Astros, which is historically great. They don't have Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Anibal Sanchez had a good year. Patrick Corbin, like on and on. They they just don't have those horses. See, I watch, you know, and I I don't. I agree. The Twins have an awesome offense, but the biggest difference between let's let's just take the Astros because I think the the Astros the, the Nationals' offense is very top heavy, and Anthony Rendon. You could argue Anthony Rendon right there with Alex Bregman might be the best hitter in the series. But um, the Ast the biggest difference between the Astros and the Twins' offense they're just a little more patient and. They, well, they, they draw more walks than the Twins do. They're a little bit more patient. And they just have this level-headed experience in these big moments that sure. obviously the Twins, most of those hitters have never played at Yankee Stadium in October. Yeah, and who could blame them for that? I think th- I almost think the Twins had to go through something like that, this core, to emerge on the other side, and we'll see what they do with it. Um, here's my question to you, though, regarding the Nationals and pitching. Do you think it's as foregone of a conclusion as the majority of baseball media and fans think that Steven Strasburg opts out of four years and a hundred million dollars. People are treating him like a free agent. No, 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 no. But he's, he's like, he's guaranteed a hundred million dollars. If he just goes back to, to Washington for the next four years, there he's are 30 three years old. reasons that I don't think, is he 30, 31? He's, yeah. He's early thirties. Yeah, He's 30. I think that there are three reasons why it's possible that he'll stay. Ultimately. I mean, if I was advising him, I would probably say, get out, take your money. Especially if they win it, man. You're saying, I mean, you're saying well, be, become a free become agent. a free agent. Free agency is usually better for superstars. You're a superstar. Don't deny it. But three reasons why he might stay. Again, having not talked to him for this, and I also was not texting with Scott Boris in preparation for this episode. I'm sorry. I'll do better next week. One, a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. But maybe more importantly, that final year is, represents forty-five million. Of those dollars. So that's a very real thing. What a weird contract for people that aren't. Well, and the, and the Nationals are weird, man. His, like, his contract, here's the, here's, and I don't know when this contract started, but I just, here's how much money he has made per year going through his age 34 season in four years if he sticks with this contract. 
10 million in 2016, 18 million in 2017, 18 million in 2018, 38 million this year. $38 million. You must have paid out some signing bonus money because uh, ahead of the opt out, you don't typically see such a big spike. And then back to 25 million if he opts in, back to 25 million next year, down to 15, 15, and then 45 million in 2023 if he opts back in. The Nats defer a bunch of money. They do weird, I don't know if it's for tax reasons or whatever. I've never been in possession of hundreds of millions of dollars at one time, so I can't really relate. I don't know what that's like. Um, but they do weird contracts, and especially with big contracts, and you got to get big-time insurance on those things. Um, one, so, so back to my list of three reasons why it's not a foregone conclusion, even though, ultimately, I do think it's best for him to become a free agent. $45 million is nothing to sneeze at. Two, sounds like a cliche, but don't roll your eyes. He knows what it is in Washington. He knows. This is all he's ever known. He's drafted number one overall. He was expected to be a superstar in the same way that Joe Maurer was here. He has all of these expectations foisted upon him. And it looks to me, anyways, from the outside looking in, like he's finally sort of comfortable with that. Bryce Harper's gone. He was always the attention magnet, even though they were drafted in back-to-back years as 1-1 when the Nats were terrible. It kind of feels like Strasburg has now come to grips with being Steven Strasburg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a real thing that none of us can know what it's like to have to perform under the expectations of being Steven Strasburg and being a franchise savior. He feels, to me, as an outsider, like he's at least, if not comfortable with it because he's a bit of an itchy guy, if not comfortable with it, at least understanding of it. It's like why I couldn't see Joe Maurer leaving. Could you imagine him playing for Boston for the final like two, three years of his career? No, I can't even picture it. I can't picture what it would be like if he went to be a L.A. Dodger. So I feel similarly for Steven Strasburg. And the third and final reason why you might consider it, I don't know how salaries work in the face of a tense labor situation. And I hate to say this as a baseball fan, but Phil, it's no guarantee that we're going to avoid a work stoppage. When this collective bargaining agreement is out, it seems to me... We have one more year left of it, or is it this? I think is it's it 2020. Okay. Oh, otherwise it'd be the story of the World Series. I yeah. think it's we get 2020. Okay. But then, you know, when it expires, I'm, I have very real concerns that the two sides are so far away that there might be some baseball missed. Dude, did and I, if I'm one of those players, I might just take a bird in the hand. I mean, I saw, and I'm, I didn't see the whole quote, and I didn't hear the, the full context, but I saw a snippet from Rob Manfred who essentially has told teams that he really strongly hopes that there's activity at the winter meetings. And if that's where we're at here, if, if, and I love baseball so much, I need to stand on a soapbox for a second here. Cause we are in the middle of the world series or toward the end of the world series. By the time people listen that the world series is uh, might be over here, but the state of baseball is you have a bogus rule and maybe even a bogus interpretation of a rule that gets more headlines than a dramatic Anthony Rendon home run in game six that we have, we have a guy who can run straight to first base, straight to first base, be called out because of interference and have that be the headline talker after game six. And you had old Joe Torrey trying to explain uh, why this rule is the way that it is. You had Alex Bregman complaining, or I'm sorry, uh, apologizing to people who are complaining about him carrying his bat to first base. The fun police don't want you to have fun and carry your bat after a big home run. And you have the commissioner of baseball basically begging teams to do something at the winter meetings. And I just like, I look at my favorite sport right now and think 
There's so many great things. Home runs. You've got all these superstar players. And I just think you have a lot of old guard people that are still running the game the way that it used to be run 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I'm with you. I I, I think it's very likely for all kinds of reasons that we're going to see a work stoppage sometime in the next year and a half. I can only hope that this winter, and I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but I can only hope that there's a flurry of major free agent activity just after Thanksgiving and before the first of the year. Something to talk about. So there's about. something fun yeah. and steal some headlines from the NFL. But ultimately, like until we get to the point where there's some parameters on contracts, you're just going to have the Scott Boris types waiting for that 14th year on a contract <laughs> yeah, yeah, until yeah, May. <laughs> And we're going to sit here and have staring contests with each other, yeah. you know? And so, especially when a front office leader can go into an owner and say, hey, not only is this a way to win, it can also save you some money. And that's good. That's just, it's a fundamental problem with the sport. Like, it's more about the economics trophy right now than the actual trophy. And uh, far be it from me to criticize these front offices who are taking over in smart ways with data-driven approaches. Of course, I'm not going to argue that. It's working. But... It also, as a fan of the game, as an outsider, as an entertainment industry, baseball has a real problem right now, and the guy who's in charge of fixing it, I don't think you can trust him for anything. No, I, I'm with you. I, I was I was very high on some of the things Rob Manfred said a few years ago when he took over the job, but it's like, it's... it's uh, he's a labor lawyer, and he's very good at it, and I don't know that that's who you want in charge of the sport yeah, right now. You need an innovator in charge of the sport right now, and somebody who's willing to take some bullets from the old guard, because guess what? The old guard is still going to watch baseball. You're not going to like. You're not going to lose my dad. My dad's going to watch baseball. He might have some complaints about baseball and bat flips, but that's not your problem. Your problem isn't the 65, 75 year old. How do you get 18 the, year olds? Correct. Who, by the way, tonight, Phil, is the prime marketing opportunity for the league. And I don't have a ton of faith that they're going to capitalize on it, but I hope that they do. I hope that this game seven is epic and memorable, and it's one of the best of my lifetime. And a bunch of eighteen to twenty-three year olds tuned in because they were at a party with their friend's house and are like, "This is fun." I'm a Nets fan now, and buy a Juan Soto jersey or whatever the heck. I don't care if you buy a jersey or yeah. buy a TV. I don't care. But come along for the ride. Baseball is my favorite sport. It's not close. And I hope, I hope, I hope that Major League Baseball is able to capitalize on what, to me, has been a fascinating World Series, even with the ratings down, and says, all right, this spawned a generation of baseball fans. That's a pretty good start. Back to the Twins for a second here. Please. Because I think you talk about payroll and activity in the offseason. I think there's a comparable to it to 10 years ago where the Twins were at when they went into Target Field and where they could be at going into this now, what, 11th season at Target Field? Wow. So the Twins took <laughs> the twins took a big jump. Let's just take the Target Field era. The Twins took a big jump in payroll. They were like 25th, 24th, 20th. They were, rarely, uh, they were rarely inside the top 20 in payroll until they got to Target Field, and then they jumped to 11th in payroll in 2010 with a team that was ready to win a World Series at the time. They lose to the Yankees in 2010. And I know we know what the history is. They lost 99 games in 2011, and then they wound up firing everyone a few years later, and it was a disaster. But going into the 2011 season, the Twins thought their window was open and wide open, and they were coming off, like I said, an ALDS loss to the Yankees. And they said, all right, we're putting more chips on the table. And they went from $97 million in payroll up to $112 million, which was by far the largest payroll they'd ever had in team history. My point here is, 
when they see a window, by they I mean the poll ads, when they see a window and the Twins are in a position where they're jockeying for playoff supremacy with the Yankees, which is what it usually is, the ownership has shown, all right, let's go above and beyond and let's let's open up for an extra signing or two that maybe we wouldn't in different circumstances. I think they're in a similar spot right now. I would be shocked if the Twins didn't take a step up payroll-wise this winter or at least take a step up in terms of maybe you overspend on one player and it's a little bit irresponsible if you weren't in a win win a World Series window right now. Yeah, I think the Marwin Gonzalez signing was that. I, I don't think that you quote-unquote, needed that player to get through your season. But he said, hey, this is a pretty good core we got here, and Sunil's going to be down for six weeks. Let's go get a third baseman on a two-year deal. Why not? He's still out there. Nelson Cruz, his choice, imagine how history would be different if he had made another choice, came down to the Houston Astros, Tampa Bay Rays, and Minnesota Twins, and he chose the Twins. And I have to imagine some of that is a second year, maybe a couple million dollars here, a couple million dollars there, the pitch that they made to him. But I don't see this offseason being any different in that they're still going to wear the fiscally responsible badge and they're going to wear it with pride, and they're still going to try to maximize dollars per win because apparently they do hand out frugal trophies in Major League Baseball. I think they're still going to try to be "quote unquote" responsible, but that doesn't mean. I mean, you know what's responsible? Getting Garrett Cole for thirty-two million dollars a year to be your ace. Yeah, that's well, responsible to me. And I and I will say this is just to even go a step further on my point. I don't think this is the off season to worry about. Oh man, are we going to get jobbed on the last two years of this free agent contract? You can win a World Series right now. How many people really? I know when. I know that the, the, the Angels and uh, the Tigers both whiffed on their attempts to win World Series in the last 10 years, but do you think Tigers fans really regret a couple of those signings? Like, Miguel Cabrera is a disaster. I know that that was a re-signing because he was already on the team, but, like, if you have a chance to win a World Series and you know you have a five-year window, I mean, the Minnesota Wild are a great example of this, too. When they signed Parisian Suter, that opened up a window for them to, in theory, win a Stanley Cup championship if they were able to fortify the rest of the roster and it just turned out that they just weren't good enough. Or if they had a goalie get hot randomly. Or that, right. Yeah. Or if a puck goes off breezers or something and, you know, this is that's not how you win hockey. <laughs> and, you know, they had their six-year run of playoffs. Yeah, it didn't yeah, work yeah. out. Yeah. And now those guys are on really bad contracts in their mid-30s. <laughs> but for Wild fans listening, would you have traded that? I mean, like, you, you had a chance. You came up short. I'm not saying sign someone to a dumb 13-year contract until they're 41 years old, but if you're talking about guys who are 30 years old right now and you're worried about like, yeah, but what about that age 36 season? I don't think this is the offseason to worry about that. I would I would have said two offseasons ago, some of those years at the end of the Terry Ryan run, like it what the timing wasn't right. Sure. The timing is right this winter to spend more than you would ordinarily spend, to maybe go an extra year where you ordinarily wouldn't go an extra year. And to give up a better prospect than you would ordinarily give up yes. if the player is right. Yep. That's where I'm at this winter. And they're in a great spot because you start with a roster that if you don't go get anybody, like you're in pretty good shape. I mean, not not starting pitching-wise because you've basically got Barrios and then I'm giving Jake Odorizzi a qualifying offer to come pitch me for me for another season. But look at the bullpen. You're starting with Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, Trevor May, um, is Zach Littell, or if he's a starter or a reliever or whatever, figured out. But, like, how much money are you spending for those guys combined? 
and how many high leverage innings are you going to get out of them? And go on and on and on in the list. How much are you paying for Mitch Garver next year, huh? Unless you work out some sort of wacky long-term yeah. catcher deal, you've got a template right now that you're building off of where there's a lot of wins without spending a lot of money. So go add some more wins onto that by spending some money. I think that just follows. Okay, your gut feeling here. We can, uh, we've already been rapping for 20, 25 minutes here. We're, we're, this is going to be a super fun winter here. I can't but, wait. But your gut feeling, when the Twins take the field at the end of March for the beginning of the 2020 regular season. Is there snow on the ground? No, I think there's for sure going to be snow on the ground, okay. 100%. Do you think Jose Barrios will be their best starting pitcher? I don't. I think they will bring in somebody. And I'm saying Barrios is better than Odorizzi, by the way, overall. So I'm saying I think they bring in somebody who's better than Odorizzi and Jose Barrios. That's what my gut says. Okay, answer me this before I answer it. Is Anthony Rendon playing third base for them on opening day? No. Then yes, somebody better than Barrios is coming. Barrios is their number two starter, or Jake Odorizzi, or whatever, and you build from there. Phil, I've been on... Reckless speculation. Thanks, Manny Hill. Of the expectation that there is one bullet to fire, based on everything that Thad Levine told us last winter, when he said, you got to assess, is the timing right? And we have our fingers jammed under the window, and we can start to jam it open... And then this winter, he said, well, I think we're starting to feel the breeze. He speaks in metaphors. He's very clever. And I <laughs> really appreciate everything that Thad Levine has brought to the Twins and the Twin Cities. Um, I think that they are going to, he said, we need to get the when right and we need to get the who right. And what he didn't say is Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are not the right who. But that is my read of the situation. The Twins were like, well, our when is a little early. And we've seen tons of teams screw this up by firing that bullet too soon. But I also think what he didn't go on to say is these two guys are going to be well-paid superstars in the eyes of baseball. Which which one of those guys made the All-Star team this year in the National League? Neither of them. Which one of their teams was in the playoffs? And I know baseball is different. You can't raise a whole team. But for these guys that are being paid like 6, 8, 10, 11 win players, like they're being paid like they're Mike Trout. And they're not. So I think that the Twins assessed this and said, that's not the bullet, but there's a bullet coming. And I know last winter Nolan Arenado got taken off the table as a bullet. The Rockies extended him. They paid him a lot of money to be their superstar. Maybe Anthony Rendon is a bullet this winter. Or maybe he signs a big contract somewhere else. The year after that, the fiscally responsible Boston Red Sox have Mookie Betts coming off the books. I think there's a bullet somewhere in here. I just don't know which one it is. Truthfully, Phil, I don't know if the if the Twins know which one it is right now. I think that they're They've just... They've got a big board for sure, right? Absolutely. Is it electronic or magnets? They have both. I can Oh, they confirm. have magnets. Oh, no, no, like a, like a whiteboard, like dry erase situation. Oh, okay. I think they might they even hand have... write all the names on the whiteboard? They might even have like the spray and some erasers. I'm not 100% sure about that. I'd have to circle back. But I think they have some names written in bright green, and they have some names just written in black. And the black is the free agents that you're filling out. Jake Odorizzi's in black and, you know, players up and down the diamond. Marwin Gonzalez last year would have been written in black. But Garrett Cole is written in green. And Steven Strasburg is written in green. And I think they are going to fire one of those bullets. I don't know if it's this winter or if the big splashy move for a number one opening day starter maybe comes in a trade. Yeah. 
So I think it would be super fun if so. We're going to do this every week. Derek's going to be, as he said off the top of the show, the Scorna Twin Show lives on multiple days a week, all winter long, and we're going to try and get out front of the conversations and some of the speculation that uh, others might be uh, might be sleeping on. So we're going to try and be out front. And if you guys have questions or you have subjects or players you want us to touch on, you can always tweet at Derek Wetmore. Just it's at Derek Wetmore, W E T M O R E, or at Phil Mackey, or at Score North on Twitter and Instagram for all those as well. And you can also, this is a little bit of a roundabout way and super self-serving, so I'll just admit that. You can also leave a five-star comment on Apple or Spotify or just wherever you listen to this or on our awesome app. If you leave a comment, we will get to your questions. Because I was reading them the other day. I don't know if I shared this with you, Phil. But there are a bunch, and they range anywhere from five stars. This is a super fun show. You should check it out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Two one stars. Rami needs to stop talking about putting roofs on stadiums. <laughs> so we span the gamut. And uh, if you leave a review like uh, SEC, our friend did, uh, called it a must listen. Five stars. The best daily Twins podcast. A fun group to listen to. And they keep you informed. But they have takes um, that aren't negative. It's a great way to stay informed as a Twins fan who lives in Maryland. So thank you for that review, SEC. Nice. We very much appreciate it. Those reviews, I know that seems kind of pointless, but they do help us get discovered. Other people who've maybe never heard of the Score North AL Central Champs Twin Show, they stumble across it and they see we got 255 star reviews. That's a pretty good indication that this one might be worth checking out. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your. 